Daniel does say the Gould Anubis used the Gould Anubis Gould you the Gould Anubis used to be. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate Gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing okay. I've got a cat under leg. Kitty. Who is making me sing, lean on me <laughs> when you're a cat <laughs> and I'll pet your head. Yeah, so that's fantastic. Times. I love it. Also, I have a question for you. Yes. And for Jeff. Yes. Colin and I want to know if you want to go to Micro after this. Yes, we do. I just noticed that your name is, your username is Micro. And I was about to ask, I was like, that can't be because awesome. she was there yesterday. But yeah, obviously. Uh, all right. Let me see. Mary's let me, in. Let me tell Jeff. Boop. I'm sure that Jeff will peel himself away from his Dave the Diver game on Steam. <laughs> Long enough to go eat some tasty food and drink some beer. Well, why would you want to go to a real restaurant when you can serve food at a fake one on right? the computer? Yeah. Well, <laughs> unless you're me, because I spent so many years working in restaurants that those games stress me the fuck out. So That's I cannot, cannot play restaurant totally games. Totally fair. Because I, I still have nightmares about when I used to be a waitress. So yeah, yeah, definitely cannot trigger that by playing games about it. <laughs> Yeah, good times, good yeah. times. It seems fun aside from that, though, I suppose, but I'm going to stick with Zelda Tears of the Kingdom because it is fantastic. All right. Yep. Although I haven't played it all yet today because I was busy watching this episode, which ah. I should have done before this morning. But Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> things happen. Yeah, things happen like playing Zelda all week. Exactly. Stargate. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to put Stargate aside for Zelda. Oh, my God. Yeah. Stargate yeah, and Zelda. <laughs> Zelda. Zelga yep. Sargate. Yeah, exactly. It's been a pretty relatively lazy week when I haven't been running for training. I haven't been doing a lot of real work this week. I'm still teaching, but most of the real work I needed to do, I got done during the last session. So I'm kind of just a lot on autopilot, which has given me more time for Zelda. And it's been great. Yeah. 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 I, I just saw you yesterday, so I don't have a lot to report other than that. Right. Yeah. Yes. We're going to go have more Speaking food. of playing... Yeah. Speaking of playing video games, we went to Barcade, which we is did. a beer place, bur- not brewery, bar. bar. There we go. Yeah. Bar, bar slash arcade, <laughs> hence the name. Yes. And it was great. It was great. Yeah. I played much pinball and old school Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. Sweet. It was great. I did a little Qbert, and nice. then when we discovered Burger Time after you left, we just did that <laughs> nice yeah that's fair i haven't played that game a whole lot it is fun though i got to level three which i've never done before Ooh, yeah nice. i mean i only last like two seconds in level three because the pickles want to eat me but <laughs> that's the okay. pickles always want to eat you. they wanted their revenge for when we had the fried pickles and peppers earlier probably which you didn't really eat much of since you'd already been to micro for lunch <laughs> yes <laughs> as you reported <laughs> and here we are again yeah. Can't have too much micro. That place is great. No, it's delicious. Yeah. 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 None of that has anything to do with this episode, and I have no segue for no, today. No, I'm trying to think. There's not anything. <laughs> nope. 
Nope. I was trying to segue from video games to movies because many parts of this reminded me of different movies, but I didn't really get there. So should oh. we just get in the episode? Sure. <laughs> I didn't have that experience, so I'm looking forward oh, to hearing okay. what you uh, got out of it. Oh, it's more towards the end. And I'm sure that once I mention it, you'll be like, oh, I see. <laughs> I know you'll agree with me once Okay. to those parts. <laughs> so what are we talking about oh yeah what are we talking about yeah. today? <laughs> stargate sg1 season six final episode Woo! 22 full circle full circle full circle do you want to start or do you want me to start i guess i could start i don't know we go ahead because i'm apparently not ready here well so go for it <laughs> it's gonna be quick because this was a really short open true scara is running through his village on abydos did you notice that he was Abido's pants watch was wearing military pants and combat boots instead of the same kind of dress everyone else had on. I didn't because I was watching his long hair flowing behind him. Mm, fair. <laughs> he also, I noticed, ran quite slowly. Yeah, yeah. I was more distracted by how slowly he was running than by his flowing hair, and that's what brought my attention to his pants. Yeah. He's running because he's going to meet somebody to talk about what this episode's about. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> They're going to hide the women and children in caves and then defend themselves because Anubis is coming for them. Because Anubis is after something. Indeed. And they must rally all who are capable of fighting and all Ascara says all those willing to die. Why aren't the women capable of fighting? This seems pretty sexist to yeah. me. I mean, it's one thing if they want to go take care of the kids because like their parents or whatever, but... They shouldn't just be relegated to the caves if they actively want to come out and fight. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we've seen much outside of a traditional, like, protect I the women suppose. and children's role in the Abedonians before. I suppose. There are plenty of societies around the world, though, where they are more matriarchal and where women actually do have fighting yeah. roles. Yeah. So. Yeah. Obviously not, like you know, colonial times, <laughs> U.S. and Europe necessarily, but in many other places, they're considered to have more of an equal role than they have traditionally in our yeah. Eurocentric perspective of yeah. things True, that we have here in this country. Anyway, that's beside the point. And then all of a sudden we hear Daniel say, all those who must not fail, and he turns around, he's in robes. No knives out sweater. Not in this scene. Yeah, and yet. <laughs> Daniel promises they're not going to be alone in this fight. And Scar is very reassured by this. Mm -hmm. Did he not know Daniel had ascended? Or... I have no idea. I don't know. But I don't anyway. know. We, we haven't heard anything about Abydos or Scar since a in a long time. So I have no idea. But he didn't seem surprised to see Daniel either. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. He seemed happy, but yeah, not that surprised. So I'm guessing he... Didn't think he was dead, but don't necessarily know if he realized what Ascension was or yeah. whatever. I don't know. Credits, then. Credits. I actually watched the whole credits to see if Michael Shanks was in them, and he's not. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> not back in the regular cast yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> then, after credits, Jack heads to the elevator, and while he's waiting for the elevator, he looks at the power conduit with the button on it very closely and is scratching at it with his ID card while he waits, which is quite weird. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> he gets on the elevator, starts going wherever it is that he's going, and then suddenly the elevator stops and Daniel is there talking to him and telling him that Abydos is in danger. 
basically just telling us everything that we learned in the last scene. In <laughs> in the yeah, in the teaser before the credits. But this time he does have the sweater. He does have his knives out sweater on this time, yes. Yeah. He's here to tell Jack that they need to go and help on Abydos and stop Anubis and try to get that eye of Ra thingy before Anubis can. Jack doesn't really want to hear any of this. <laughs> so he just takes the comical way out and is like, I know I took some aspirin. And then when Daniel's like, knock it off. Come on, I'm serious. Daniel's like, all right. Hi, Daniel. How you doing? Long time. <laughs> and they have a fake little niceties conversation about, you know, what's new? How's the weather? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it was pretty silly. Yes. <laughs> I did like it though because I really, I, it was it was good to see Michael Shanks and uh, Richard Dean Anderson playing against each other. In a it was way yes, they're, yeah. yeah, I agree. They're, the banter that they used to have was amusing. Yeah, but like good, good banter, good rapport. Yeah. It was. It, I thought it was an entertaining scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so then Jack gets more to the point and is like, "Do you see the irony of this person that's ascended to a whole new level of existence asking for my help and?" <laughs> As he's talking about that, Daniel's just like nodding and pointing upwards <laughs> and being like, yeah, 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 I see. <laughs> that also amused me. I don't know. This whole scene actually I thought was yeah, kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> then Daniel reminds him like, well, I can't actually do anything, but clearly you are doing something here, though, because you have information that you've gotten by your all-knowingness, and now you've already gone to Abydos to tell them, and also you're here. So clearly you are doing something despite your claims that you can't do anything. It seems to be that what Daniel can or can't do is exactly what the plot needs. Very much like how <laughs> long someone will stay unconscious after being zetted. So he goes into a little bit more detail about the others. The others, I guess, are the ascended people that came before Daniel and they have rules and even just talking to Jack he does realize is a violation of those rules he goes into a bit more detail about how Uma Dasala is an outcast because she's been trying to help a whole bunch of people ascend because she thinks that it's their job to help people ascend and she could get in trouble for that and for reasons that Daniel doesn't really understand or just doesn't share she doesn't get in trouble for that but she is an outcast as are all of her followers and all of her followers are walking a very fine line in trying to help her with her mission while not violating the rules of the others. And then he mentions that Ascension doesn't make you all-knowing or all-powerful, but that's not what we were led to believe up to this point. What the hell is the point? Exactly. I mean, you don't even have to be all-knowing, but it sounds like he doesn't know shit. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. But he says that the point is that he's there to help Jack and the SGC, he wants to help Abydos, and Oma would step in herself, but she can't because it would draw too much attention to herself. And it was just all <laughs> weird. Yeah. <laughs> so what had been an amusing conversation kind of devolved into just some kind of nonsensical redconning of what Ascended means and what Oma is. Yeah. Yeah. The elevator comes back on and starts moving again, and that's that's about it. <laughs> Next, Jack has gathered him and, and the rest of SG-1 in the conference room to talk about how they need to stop Anubis from going after Abydos. And Hammond's like, um, how do you know this? And Jack's like, what? I didn't say. So he's being coy. Yes. And then he's like, Daniel told me. And <gasps> I thought that was pretty funny, too. Yeah. <laughs> 
And they're all very surprised, except for in a moment when he's like, it's not the first time. And then yeah. <laughs> Teal'c's like, I saw him too. Yeah. <laughs> Sam seemed a little disappointed because she's the only one of SG three quarters that hasn't seen him yeah. since he ascended. Yeah. She seemed left out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jack and Teal'c ask why they didn't say anything <laughs> to one another or anyone else. Yeah. And they both said that they weren't sure it was happening at all. Right. <laughs> Jack lets them know Daniel didn't tell them anything useful like where the eye was. Jack says that he thinks the whole Ascension thing is a bit overrated. Hammond, though, is convinced enough that Neither he nor Teal'c are crazy, and therefore, if Daniel wants them to do this, they've got to do it because they don't want Anubis to have this Eye of Ra. But he doesn't even order any med check or anything. I like, know. Just in case as a preventive measure. Yeah. And they definitely did that both times that Jonas was claiming to be seeing things that other people weren't seeing. So you'd think that they would do that just as a precaution. <laughs> you might. But then I was wondering, I was like, well, you know what? They've done so many tests on Jonas and it keeps turning out that he is in fact seeing what he claims. So maybe they're just like, wow, people around here see shit all the time. So no big deal. (laughs) Must be true. Until the next time it happens. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Next, we're on Abydos. Jack and Skara have a cute little reunion. Jonas gets introduced to the group because it's not just Skara that's there, but a bunch of other Abydos people. Scar is going to show them around these catacombs that are below the pyramid that Daniel used to come down and explore with him all the time back in the day. The Eye of Ra is mentioned many times on the walls, although even Scar doesn't know exactly what it is or where it might be. And they're lighting so many braziers on their way down. I was wondering who is going to put them all out later because there's so many like <laughs> teal candle levels of braziers that they're lighting all over this catacomb in the down below brazier (laughs) (laughs) like if they just let them burn out then there's going to be no fuel for next time Mm. so i guess someone's got to go and put them all out but there was no big snuffer thing to do that spoiler alert it doesn't matter (laughs) it doesn't matter this is true very true So never mind. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. I mean, it's true, but yeah. Yeah. In this case, it does not matter. Yeah. We get a flash outside of a gold ship exiting hyperspace. Outside of the pyramid, Tilk is working on setting up kind of a perimeter around the pyramid here with some other Abidonians, and they're waiting for the attack to happen, which seems pretty imminent at this point. Jack continues making small talk with Skara, and it turns out that Skara is engaged, and that's exciting, and he wants Jack to come to the wedding and asks if Jack is going to bring anybody. And Sam comes up just then as Skara's asking about that, and Jack's like, well, Sam's going to be invited too. And Skara's like, yeah, of course, so you're coming together? (laughs) And that, of course, makes Jack feel super awkward, and he's like, um, as in... (laughs) And Sam, Sam cheerfully chimes in, friends, going to a wedding. <laughs> and Jack's like, sure, great. And then just walks away. <laughs> it was very funny. It was a very entertaining scene. This uh, this episode's kind of weird in that way. Like, it's a big, heavy thing happening, but mm-hmm. there's so much lightness in the interactions. There is, yeah. It's, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I was like, oh, this is kind of strange. <laughs> yeah. 
I guess they didn't want to try to, again, spoiler, I guess they didn't want to try to end on too much of a downer considering <laughs> that the episode can be kind of dark in places as we'll get True. to. <laughs> Outside, Tilk is keeping watch with Scar's friend and this kid is just staring at Tilk. <laughs> and Tilk's like, is there something you want? This guy is like, oh, you're a friend of Daniel Jackson. And Tilk says he is. The friend says, I don't know what this guy's name was. Tobey, it says in my transcript. Tobey. Okay, we'll call him Tobey. Tobey says that Scar says that Daniel's not dead, that he's a god. And Tilk's like, no. <laughs> and then he asks if he's not powerful. And Tilk's like, it's unclear. <laughs> and it just cracks me up. I appreciated that. Because, yeah, we're sometimes told he's all powerful and then find out he's not. Yeah. This kid has, like, basically replaced Ra with Daniel as his god? That's what it seems, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it seems yeah, like. Yeah, so it's a little yikes. Yeah, because he's going into about how Daniel's going to protect them and their yeah. families and everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little disturbing. Yeah, yeah. Then we see some death gliders coming. Uh-oh. And Alkesh is as well. And Teal'c's like, well, if you're not prepared to die, you shouldn't be here. And they are ready to face the incoming onslaught, sort of. Not really, but... Yeah. Well, Teal'c's ready. Yeah, yeah. Teal'c is <laughs> that, ready. That kid's not so ready. <laughs> no. <laughs> a little too late now, though. But, yeah. Yeah. That's the end of that. Indeed. And back in the pyramid, Jack goes to check on Jonas. Jonas doesn't really have a whole lot to report. There's just a lot of talk about Ra's power back in the day before he died and was still in charge here. But there's no mention of any secret chamber or any place that he might have kept his most valuable possessions, which kind of seems to make sense. And then they start hearing some banging and thumping coming from overhead. We get a flash outside of death gliders and those Alkeshes all firing on the Abedonians. And the Abedonians are, of course, attempting to fire back. Tilk's got like a big rocket launcher. Yeah. So that's helpful. But not everybody else has weapons that are quite as useful as that. No. And even with at least one rocket launcher, they're still not really doing great holding ground because obviously they're being attacked from the air by much more powerful weapons. Yeah. It's not not a great fight. No. Tilk radios down to Jack that they are under attack. And now some ground forces have landed and they're probably going to have to retreat. Jack returns to his conversation with Jonas and Jonas says, if Dr. Jackson were there, Jack starts losing patience with Daniel and his caginess here. So <laughs> says that, you know what? Daniel is absolutely here. Trust me, he's here. And then he starts yelling that Daniel better show himself because they're only there because of him. And his argument works. Daniel shows up. Sam is shocked because she, again, is the only one that hasn't seen him since he ascended so far. Although Jonas is pretty surprised too, but Jonas is used to seeing weird things at this <laughs> point. true. So, yeah. He also wasn't feeling as put out as for not seeing him to begin with. So. Very true. Yeah. yeah. Daniel is like, well, I'm here, but you know I can't do anything now anyway. And Jack says, don't care. You're going to do something whether you want to or not, or we're just going to leave. So Daniel suddenly does become more helpful. 
he points them in the direction of where he used to think that there was a secret chamber of some sort, but he was never able to prove it. Where the big doorway is? It's probably where the big giant doorway is that clearly has <laughs> seams and everything, just like a doorway. Yeah. That might that might have Sorry, the chair been, just went fire. It might have been some sort of indicator that there could be a chamber. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. There's a writing on it of some sort that says that Ra draws his power from the sun. Tilk radios down that they cannot hold their position anymore, so they are, in fact, going to retreat into the pyramid. Jack is going to go up and help them as they're on their way in. He and Skara leave. Sam, Daniel, and Jonas all hang out in this basement to look Mm -hmm. at the wall. Yay. Yay. Outside, Teal'c is having everyone fall back. It is not going well. Sure There is are not. death gliders, gliders firing on them. Teal'c is trying with the rocket launcher. It's not great. So they keep going back to the pyramid. Back inside, Sam asks Daniel why he can't just zip into the wall and see if there's <laughs> something on the other side, which Daniel says it's complicated. Okay, Daniel. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> Made me cringe. Yeah. <laughs> Jonas is trying to puzzle out what it says on the door. Jonas thinks maybe some light on this little jewel on the door would work. But that doesn't work. They're going to focus it more with a magnifying glass. And while Jonas is digging that out, Daniel's like, is that my stuff? (laughs) Seems so So weird. weird. Yeah. Yeah. You're in this like really dire situation and you're going to ask... The guy that took over your job, if he's using some of your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. left it behind. Yep. <laughs> As Jonas even says, you weren't using it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Teal'c has reached the pyramid and meets up with Jack and Skara. Bad news. There are many, many Jaffa coming. Jack radios to Sam, who tells him they're working on it. He tells them to work faster. And she's like, sure, I can do that. Maybe. (laughs) Daniel then notices inside the pyramid that the image on the door itself, the sun rays are red. So they're like, let's try some red light. So Sam's laser on her gun does the trick. Yeah. That's all it took. I really feel like Daniel could have figured that out much sooner. Seriously. Absolutely. You would think that, but no. They needed Jonas Quinn. Yep. At the pyramid entrance, Jack asks Teal'c how many, and he says many. I wasn't sure what he was referring to, if he was talking about how many aircraft were firing on them or how many had died. Probably could have been either one, and probably the answer would have been the same, I guess. Back in the upper level of the pyramid, Jaffa come in following Jack and Teal'c and all of the Abydos people. They ring into the room directly mm-hmm. then as well. Still not clear on how rings work exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> but whatever. There's a big firefight now inside with staff weapons and guns. I guess that's a little bit of an improvement from the big overhead flying weapons, at least. Except for that, they take out pretty much all of the Avedonians. That's true. Yeah, they do. Including, Even Scaro yeah. with his bulletproof vest on that he had back down in the secret chamber they are continuing to look around 
they're still not finding anything. There's all kinds of treasure and stuff like this and statues of kitties and even a sarcophagus, not like a, a sarcophagus, like capital S, but a normal sarcophagus that doesn't look like it could bring <laughs> anyone back to life. Daniel finds a tablet and is shocked to learn that, as he says, I'm one of the ancients. And Jonas and Sam are like, uh, what? <laughs> and he's like, well, not me personally, but the others, they are the ancients who learned to ascend themselves. That's where they all came from. And it turns out that he hasn't even met any of the others besides Oma. Although I don't know if that happened in this scene, but whatever. I can't remember, but yeah. Yeah. He talks about them being wiped out by a plague, which we saw in that episode of Antarctica when once herself, the amazing chick was yeah. so sick. But that in order to avoid dying from that plague, a lot of them figured out how to ascend. And those that didn't figure out how to ascend just died. And Daniel has to go now. Where? We don't know. But he's going to go and tells Jonas to basically guard that tablet with his life because it's talking about a lost city that's more valuable than anything. Hmm. What could that lost city be, Kathy? I don't know. Yeah. I wonder. Such a wonder. Yeah. So Daniel flashes out of there and we're left to wonder what this mysterious, mysterious, secret, ancient lost city could be. Yep. Meanwhile, the Stargate turns on, which is not good news because they didn't do it. Nope. Back down in the secret room. The secret lab, I want to call it. The secret lab, yeah. (laughs) They're looking around for the Eye of Ra. Sam's like, maybe there's a secret compartment. And Jonas is like, a secret compartment inside a secret chamber? And Sam's like, why not? And why not indeed? Right. Jonas starts tapping around and finds a hollower sound. And instead of trying to carefully open it, Sam just shoots the wall. Fortunately, she doesn't hit the jewel. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I thought that it was really funny when Jonas just wiped everything clear that had been sitting on like the little counter in front of the wall (laughs) and i was thinking that he must be channeling one of the cats from the cat statues that are all over the place because he's (laughs) knocking a bunch of shit on the floor (laughs) behind the wall they find the eye of raw convenient yes and it seems to be just a jewel with like a metal gold around it yeah it almost looks like a big plate yeah yeah like a fancy decorative plate yeah like my fancy decorative uh, Tom Paris plate <laughs> Tom and my Paris Trouble plate. with Tribbles plate that yes. I have here with me yes. in my recording space. You should get an eye of raw to go with it. I should. Is that a thing? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I'm sure you can find something circular with a red jewel or right? something inside it. Sam radios up to Jack to let him know they've found the eye of raw. However, Jack says it is too late. They are basically trapped there because the Stargate's open so they can't escape and the Jaffa are on their ass. Oh, so they they actually met. They got together again after Sam radioed. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Jack decides he's going to blow up the Eye of Ra or at least threaten to. So he pulls out some C4. Then the Jaffa are like surrender. And it's specifically that guy Harak, which Jack has met before. Yeah, I mean, I recognized his face, but I didn't remember him having the same f- bad fake British accent. But I don't know. Maybe I can't I'm wrong. remember. Was he working under the fake or the fake the the Togra and then became Anubis's first prime? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's where we found him. I before. think so. But anyway, he and Jack have had a run in before. Yeah. He threatens that they're all going to die if they don't surrender. Jack's like, I was going to say the same thing. They reintroduce themselves to one another. Yeah. Jack congratulates him on falling (laughs) upward. Failing upward? Failing upward, excuse me. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I guess falling upward kind of works. Failing upward is what he said and makes more sense. Yeah. Jack tells him they've got the eye and they're going to blow it up. So let him go or else... And Harak's like, oh, you're going to kill yourself too? And Jack's like, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Harak, though, goes to talk to Anubis about this. Meanwhile, Jonas asks Jack if it's necessary to further antagonize Harak. (laughs) Jack's like, yes. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Then they are distracted by Tilk, who tells Jack that Skara is in need of medical attention. And Skara is not looking good. Obviously, he needs medical attention. They dragged him down here because he couldn't walk and had been yeah. shot and was bleeding. Yeah. yeah. I guess he just means it's more imminent than it had mm. been. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. on Anubis's ship, Harak is passing on the message from Jack. His way of speaking reminded me very much of Dark Helmet from Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> With the fake British accent and just the way that like every word was just so emphatic. Humans from Earth in the one named O'Neill have found the Eye of Ra. We have them trapped. Now you see that evil will always triumph because good is dumb. <laughs> it was, I don't know why, but that's what it reminded me of. That's hilarious. Yeah. Anubis isn't pleased by this and says that, well, he's going to give us that Eye of Ra or we're going to destroy Abydos, even though Jack is threatening to destroy the Eye of Ra, but whatever. They're pretty much out of standoff, essentially. Daniel, though, comes in and says, nope, you're not going to touch Abydos. So I guess this is where Daniel went, or did he go somewhere else first? I don't know. I feel like maybe he went somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Anubis asks how Daniel's going to stop him, and Daniel's like, oh, I can, and I will. Anubis is like, yeah, but you can't, because your hands are kind of tied, and Daniel just doesn't care. He's threatening to wipe Anubis from existence anyway, even though it would break all of the rules that we don't know what the rules are. And then we get a closer look at Anubis's face and Anubis glows his whole face at Daniel, not just his eyes, but he glows (laughs) his whole face at Daniel. And then a skull appears in what is normally the black void of Anubis's face. And I was like, is he Skeletor? Uh, Who does that cabbage think he is? (laughs) (laughs) What's happening? (laughs) maybe but that was the end of the scene yeah yeah i was left to wonder if we were then turning he-man which wasn't so much movie but you know was another tv show that was the first recollection i got of another (laughs) another thing another (laughs) franchise back in the pyramid harak tells jack that he needs to give over the eye of ra or anubis is gonna destroy abydos and jack's like no (laughs) He and Jonas have a little aside about their decisions here. Jack's like, even if we give it to him, he's probably going to attack us anyway, because he's a gold. Right. But then Skara calls to Jack and starts talking in a different language. I guess his own language. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I was wondering if it was his own language or if he was chanting something that somebody taught him. Who knows? Yeah. 
whatever it was, Teal'c understood it and said that Scar was talking of a bright light and giving up and releasing. True. And then he dies. But then he becomes a light and he ascends. Yeah. So now we're in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> because he leaves his empty clothing behind. He does. <laughs> there is another skywalk. Just like Yoda. Yeah. And Obi-Wan exactly. And yeah. <laughs> all of them. And Luke Skywalker, everybody. Luke Skywalker, yeah. Spoiler yeah. to anyone who hasn't watched all of Star Wars. <laughs> or any, really. Yeah. <laughs> On Anubis's ship, Anubis threatens Daniel. Daniel thinks that Anubis is bluffing. Basically, they're just trying to keep calling each other out. You comes on to the screen. Me? Why? Yes, you. (laughs) Why you? And says that he's got command of the collective forces of the system, Lord, and wants Anubis to stand down. Also hand over the Eye of Ra or else he's going to destroy Anubis. And Anubis is like, hmm. Nah, I don't think so. Anubis and Daniel continue to talk. Anubis says that they don't attack because they're afraid of him. And Daniel's like, well, that's only because they think that you have the Eye of Ra, but you can't beat them unless you have it. But maybe I'll deliver it to you. And I totally thought that he meant he's going to deliver the Eye of Ra to you, the character. Oh. <laughs> Why you? That's but he what actually, I thought too, yeah. Yeah, but he actually did mean he was going to deliver the oh, Eye right, of Ra then to he says, you, yeah. meaning like Y-O-U talking to Anubis, because he says that he'll do that if Anubis gives his word that he's not going to harm the people on Abydos ever. I what bet that that's doing, def- Daniel? Yeah, I bet that's definitely a thing that you can hold him to. <laughs> yep, yep. Right. But that's that scene, so. Yep. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Back on the planet in the pyramid, Daniel comes to see the team again. Jack thanks Daniel for Skara and assumes he's okay. Daniel, though, does not know what he's talking about. Nope. And when he finds out he's ascended, Daniel's like, oh, Oma de Sala must have done that. And she's watching me. And I don't care anymore. And he's (laughs) discovered that Anubis is some sort of bastardized version of an ancient and a ghouled yeah. or an ascended being and a ghouled. I don't think he's even a ghouled, is he? I, I thought, thought he, he was. was. I thought, well, I thought that's what they've been assuming, but my impression from this was that he ascended, they didn't want him, and they like sent him back, but he doesn't actually have anything to do with the ghouled, even though he's kind of posing as one. Well, maybe, but he's acting like one. Well, yes. yeah, <laughs> He definitely acts like one, but I don't think he actually is. Maybe he was an ascended Guawold, and I don't know. Maybe that's why he's different. Who knows? We don't really get a clear idea of what makes him different. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. The ghoul descended, and then they rejected him. Maybe. And now whatever the fuck he is, he's acting like a ghoul, but has the power and knowledge of the ancients and the ascended beings. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Daniel does say the Guawold <laughs> Anubis used to be figured out how to ascend. Ah, uh, okay. okay, okay. I missed... I so, didn't really know what he was talking about exactly, but I get it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he was. He was an ascended gold. I get it. That makes sense. Yeah. Kind of. As much as anything else does here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daniel tells them he's still a form of energy and that his mask keeps his form intact. We all wear masks, metaphorically speaking. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. 
Teal'c wants to know why the other ascended beings have let him stay that way. And Daniel's like, I don't know. Maybe they couldn't exile him. And Jack's like, maybe they don't care. And it doesn't matter because he's very powerful and terrible. Sam says that it explains his mastery of ancient technology. Jack doesn't know what they're talking about now. And Daniel tells Jack... (laughs) That the Ascended Beings are the Ancients and the creators of the Stargate, which Jack didn't get that bit of news because he was out fighting for his life and other people's lives at the time. He looks accusingly at Sam. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Like, why didn't you tell me? But yeah, they were kind of busy. I think she was thinking of other things at the moment. Jack asks for the bottom line and Daniel lets him know that he has made a deal with Anubis. That they're going to turn over the Eye of Ra and then Avidos will totally be safe and it'll be fine. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong with that plan? Yep. He's like, don't worry. I'm going to make sure Anubis keeps his promise. It's so stupid. (laughs) Daniel, you should know better, especially as an ascended person. He should know better or ascended being, whatever he is. Yeah. Should know better. Daniel continues that the Gould are going to then fight over the Eye and maybe destroy each other, but... We have more important things now to do, and that is that we need to find this lost city of the ancients, which Jack also doesn't know anything about because he wasn't there and they've been busy. Daniel says that this ancient city would have powerful weapons capable of giving them an advantage over Anubis anyway. Of course, he doesn't know where it is, but he's going to help Jack find it. (laughs) Abydos is going to be fine. We can't let Anubis get this lost city, so we need to protect that, too. I'm going to make sure that Anubis doesn't uh, hurt anybody else. (laughs) Yeah. Jack's like, you're going to kick his ass? And Daniel's like, if I have to. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Daniel's, yeah. Playing fast and loose with whatever rules he was so adamant about adhering to before. It's true. (laughs) Yeah. So Jack heads out. He tells the Jaffa... He's coming out, but they know they're part of the deal, so they can't kill him, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. And Herak's like, yeah, whatever. Just give me the thing. (laughs) So Jack removes the C4 that he had had attached to the eye, hands it over to Herak, and they do, in fact, all leave. So SG-1 makes their way up to the ring, presumably, is where they're going. But not before Jack says, well, spank spank me, Rosie. Rosie. (laughs) True. Spank me, Rosie. Let's book. <laughs> we all just kind of look at him. Yeah. Or, or at each other like, uh. What? Yeah. <laughs> Up on the ship, Herrick turns the Eye of Ra over to Anubis. Yu tells Anubis that his time is up. And then there's another firefight. And it would seem that... Anubis has some really cool shields that are only one way because he can fire through them without a problem, but they still protect him from the fire of all of the motherships and various other ships surrounding him. And he takes out pretty much everybody. So I guess you is dead now? I I, guess, I think so. Because it yeah. seemed like he took out all of the ships. Yeah. It okay. seemed to be some like super weapon yeah. happening. Yeah. And we just see pieces of what used to be ships yeah. surrounding <laughs> Anubis's big ship. Apparently, they can hear it from down below. Yeah. Jonas says it's a hell of a battle going on up there. We also see that not only was Skara uh, ascended, but apparently uh, all of the Abedonians, because there's a bunch of 
clothes laid out where there had been bodies. How did they teach so many people to ascend so fast? Because for Daniel, it was like a whole big drawn out process over like a couple days of Daniel being sick. And then when Daniel tried to help Jack ascend, Jack couldn't or wouldn't or both. Yeah. When Daniel tried to teach him how to do it. And yet they had no issues at all rapidly getting all of these people to ascend right before they were killed in the middle of a firefight. Maybe uh, since then, Oma has come out with the Ascension for Dummies book. (laughs) Maybe. And they were able to fast track that shit. (laughs) Absolutely. That's got to be it. (laughs) Back up on the ship, Harak reports that... They are retreating, so I guess that means that maybe some of the other Gould survived and are now running away? Yes, but we're continuing to see ships exploding yeah. out of their viewport. Yeah, I don't know what that's uh. about. And unsurprisingly, Anubis' next move is going to be to destroy Abydos. Who would have seen that coming? Definitely not me. Nope. Mm. I am shocked. Shocked. Well, not that shocked. In the pyramid, Sam dials the gate. That's that scene. <laughs> oh, you want me to keep going? <laughs> I, you don't have to. Daniel comes back for one more final showdown with Anubis that is, again, very Star Wars style because Anubis <laughs> is telling him, strike me down. <laughs> Do it now or he's going to destroy Abydos. Daniel raises his hands. They have what looks like it will, again, be more of a Star Wars, not lightsaber battle, but, you know blingy lightning powers yeah. battle however as they start to fire their fingers yeah <laughs> on each mm. other <laughs> daniel kind of is blown away yeah missed it away yeah daniel kind of just d- disappears seemingly out of his own control so daniel's gone no fight anubis yep. is fine anubis wins <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. We get a quick scene of SG three quarters minus Jack going through the gate while Jack's just kind of standing there. And then we're back up in the ship where Harak is extremely impressed with the power of Anubis. But Anubis <laughs> is like, yeah, I didn't do that. Why would he admit that, though? If, you're, if your guy is imp- like impressed by this power, why would you tell him, oh, that wasn't me? I don't like, know. We know that he's a liar. So why wouldn't he just take the credit for it? Just so we know, I guess. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> He's like, but what I am going to do is this. And then he destroys Abydos. Yep. He shoots down that weapon at the planet. And just in time, Jack gets the hell out of there. Yep. And now it's Independence Day because the pyramid blowing <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> up is exactly like the White House yep. blowing up scene in Independence Day movie. Time's up. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. See, I knew you'd agree with all of my <laughs> my movie references yeah. that it reminded me of. Yeah. In the gate room, Jonas, Sam, and Teal'c are all there waiting for Jack. There's a weird flash and the wormhole sputters. They're all wondering what that is. Jack does make it through and they close the iris as soon as he comes through. Good thing he didn't have any of the locals or anybody with him unexpectedly. Yeah. Because <laughs> they would have splatted, but he didn't. So whatever. Jonas asks him what happened. Jack says, Abydos was hit. He felt the explosion or the whatever you want to call it coming just as he was coming through the gate. Sam runs up 
to the control room and tells Walter to run a diagnostic. And there was a large burst of energy transmitted through the wormhole just after Jack came through. Good thing they had the iris closed and that absorbed whatever energy it was very conveniently. They try to redial Abidos. Nothing happens. It will not lock on the seventh chevron. Mm. So Hammond immediately calls everyone to the briefing room. Where they talk about what's going on. They did bring back that tablet that Daniel said was super important with them. Oh, I was wondering because I didn't even notice I mean, that he was. Okay. I didn't notice, but Hammond has it. So okay. I didn't notice that. So <laughs> oh, I was wondering yeah. what happened to that thing. Okay. Yeah. So they are talking about what happened, which is basically Sam says we can assume Anubis didn't <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> uh, keep his deal with Daniel. Shocking. Shocking. Yes. So shocked. And also Teal'c says that Daniel Jackson was unable to prevent the destruction of Abydos. So now Anubis has the Eye of Ra and a powerful weapon, and he's has a lot of superiority over the other system lords now, particularly now that he's murdered you. Not you, but you. Oh. Yeah. It's like me. I yeah. thought I was still alive. <laughs> they are like, we need to find the city that's on the tablet. Hibben asks Jonas to translate it. He says he will, but it'll take some time. And Dr. Jackson offered his assistance. Sam says, I don't think we can count on Daniel for anything anymore. Hmm. Yeah. If he couldn't even protect Avidos and was prevented from doing that, then... Uh-oh. Yep. What happened to Daniel? Yeah. Later, Sam is continuing to have Walter obsessively dial the gate over and over again, trying to get Abydos locked in. And says she refuses to give up on this attempt until a Toker ship can fly over the planet to confirm that no one is left alive or until they're able to go there. That seemed like an unhealthy thing to do. But in any case, doesn't matter because they do get the seventh chevron locked. Wormhole forms. The melp shows that the pyramid is intact with no damage to it. Weird. Strangely. And Hammond's like, what about the explosion? No one has an answer. So they're going to go check things out. And they do. They do. They come to the village on Abydos and there's people playing football or something. And Skara is there. Wearing a midriff bearing shirt that conveniently shows there's no bullet wound. There should have been one. Jack asks what's going on. Skara does report that the pyramid was destroyed and everyone was killed. However... (laughs) They look around because they're like, um... There's a lot of people here. Yeah. Yeah. Skara tells him, though, that death is only the beginning of the journey. See, now we're in the mummy. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Teal'c asks about Daniel, but Skara has not seen him, and they don't know if he's okay. He does report that it definitely was Oma who saved them all, in a sense. And Skara tells him... You're not going to see me again for a while, so good wishes to you, and take care, and everything's going to be okay. How far away was that cave that had all the women and children in it? I don't because, know. Because, yikes, clearly they're all dead. Yeah. Because there's women and children here in this fake village. Yeah. And then all of the villagers disappear. Scar remains long enough to tell him that the Stargate will stay until they leave. And they turn and they see just the Stargate with no pyramid around it. And then Scar is also gone. So they're going to go home. 
I also thought it was really weird that they would make the entire village appear just for SG-1 to come <laughs> back for one last visit, like making it look like everything is normal day-to-day yeah. activity. Like, you've just found yourself dead and on a new plane of existence. What are you going to do? Pretend that it's a normal day in a normal village just long enough for some random people from Earth to come back and say hi and then leave? I, it was just, yeah, seemed very strange to me that... that the whole scene with the village. Yeah, I guess it was sort of to make you feel better about what happened to them all. I guess, but but yeah, it's it just didn't because weird. They're all dead. That's yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> and like the close up of the kids playing the ball, like the kids are playing a version of soccer, and they kick the ball to Jack, and then they're all gone, but the ball is still there. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> all right. Whatever. Yep. Anyway, that's the episode. That's the episode. <laughs> did you like the episode? I I did mostly for a lot of the banter. I thought it was a very mm-hmm. funny episode. Like there was a great Jack and Daniel interactions and Daniel just kind of interacting with pretty much everybody. Harak and Jack were very good. I think a lot of that saved it for me. Yeah. Because it was kind of weird. Like what is the point of these ascended beings if they're not doing anything? And it is really awful if they just let anubis run rampant if they're not supposed to interfere with humans when anubis is clearly interfering with humans and is right sort of one of them even if not exactly yeah so like what the hell he's kind of exiled evil version of one of them yeah so these ascended beings seem a little uh sketchy right they really are yeah and (laughs) Daniel, what are you doing? What is the point of you? Seriously. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I liked a lot of the the banter stuff. I feel like the plot was a little weird with all of the ancient beings. But it is a way for Daniel to, I assume, next season rejoin SG-1. Yeah. I already remember what the yeah. next episode is. Oh, like, Now okay. that I saw how this one ended, it's like, oh, right. I totally <laughs> remember the next one. And I know I hate it. Spoiler. Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe I'm even thinking of the one after that. Maybe I'm thinking of both of the next two. I think it actually is a two-parter coming up okay. at the beginning of the season seven. And yeah, it's always good to Ugh. see Skara. Like, I don't know. True. Like Except for character. when they kill him off. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, mostly I like parts of it. <laughs> what yeah. about you? I had very mixed feelings on it because I liked it for all the same reasons that you did. There were some parts that were really entertaining and very funny just with the dialogue and that was happening between the different characters. And it was kind of nice to see Daniel again in some ways, but then in other ways it, he was being super annoying and cagey about like, I can't do this. I'm, I, you know, I'm not all powerful after all, and I'm not all knowing after all, and I can do this, but I can't do that. And I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm going to anyway. It was just yeah, really irritating. Like make up your mind, Daniel, what can you do? What can't you do? And like stick to it. It's just, I don't know. It bugged me. Like, the fact that the writers didn't really seem to be able to come to a clear decision on what they wanted Daniel to be able to do annoyed me. Yeah. And then, like, I don't blame, you know, it's not Michael Shanks' thing or the character's fault. It's, I felt like it was a failing on the part of the writers to really figure out what they wanted to do with his character. And I think that in the end, they just decided to not do anything with it, essentially. Because, <laughs> you know, they're basically going to write out the need for them to make a decision about that. Yeah. And yeah, so that was annoying. Um, like I said, it was just the the whole making all of the people ascend when in the past it had been a whole 
process that you needed to like be able to let go your burden and Oma couldn't just make Daniel send. Yeah. He had to figure it out for himself. But now suddenly all of these people have ascended. Yeah. Somehow <laughs> all of them were able to like even in the past when the ancients were trying to figure out how to ascend, it said that the people that weren't able to ascend died from whatever that plague was. But now now everybody can ascend, whether they want to or not. They can all just be ascended by Oma. So whatever. Okay. What does ascension even mean? We don't know. We never figured that out. So I, yeah, yeah. A lot, there were a lot of open-ended questions, a lot of things that made no sense to me that just frustrated me. But then there were some very entertaining parts. Yeah. So I had very mixed feelings about it. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. And all the parts that reminded me of other movies, like they were entertaining <laughs> to me. But at the same time, I was like, did you blatantly steal this on purpose? Or did you not even realize that this special effect of the pyramid blowing up is exactly like Independence Day or that this showdown is exactly like Star Wars? Maybe the Independence Day thing is sort of a nod to Roland Emmerich because mm. Independence Day yeah. was his movie, too. Right. Exactly. It very, real, very well could be. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? We'll never know. There's nope, no way never. of knowing. There are ever no possible nope. way of knowing. Uh, so what's next? Let's see. I need to turn the page because I'm on the season six page. Oh, and that page is for God. chumps. Yeah, it is. We are on season seven, episode one, Fallen. While searching for the lost city of the ancients, all in capitals. Not not like caps lock, but like yeah. all of those are capitalized. <laughs> like it's a title of a thing. On a distant planet. SG-1 is stunned to find Daniel Jackson alive in human form, but stripped of his memory. O'Neill convinces Daniel to return with him to the SGC, where he is reinstated for a daring mission to destroy Anubis. Anubis's Anubis possessive, powerful new super weapon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just reinstate right. this guy that's been dead for a year. Welcome okay. back, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. The TVDB says, while searching for the lost city of the ancients on a distant planet, SG-1 is stunned to find Daniel Jackson alive and in human form, but stripped. This is exactly the same wording. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's weird. All right. All right. So, never mind. All right. Well, TVDB. The same. Perhaps they've given up. Potentially. Who knows? I wonder. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to skip ahead to the next episode. Is the next episode any different wording? I'm not going to tell all of you. <gasps> oh, my God. How could you? No, wording's different. Okay. So it's just this one. So it's just this one for reasons. Yeah. (laughs) Someone got bored. Yeah. 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 Is that all we wrote? That is all. Okay. That's all I got. All right. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, and review our podcast wherever you can. Please also tell your friends and family about it. And also, if you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so in several ways. You can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, stargatesing.space, where you can leave us messages and also use the contact form. And also, I think, leave reviews as well there. You can also follow us on Instagram at stargatesing and on mastodon.world. We are also at stargatesing. If you are feeling generous and would like to help us out with the podcast in a financial sense you can head over to patreon.com slash stargatesing where you can do that (laughs) and also enjoy some bonus content yay yeah i think that's everything yeah yeah i'm kathy i'm mary and you have been listening to stargatesing
The end. The end. Love bug. You're such a love. I wish you would like sit on me or something. Just hovering on my legs is annoying because I want to <laughs> pet her. Because, yeah. But then I have to reach down to do it and I can't do that right now. Lily always does that. She sits just a little bit too far out of reach for me to pet her. <laughs> but then like what looks at me and whines like she clearly wants me to pet her. But she always sits just slightly too far away <laughs> for me to be able to comfortably do so without like having to really reach and make my shoulder very uncomfortable. <laughs> she needs you to prove that you love her enough to move. <laughs> I know. I know. She's kind of a jerk. like. But of course I do because yeah, she's yeah. so soft. Of course. <laughs> not going to not pet her. Yeah. This cat anyway, is very soft too. I've got my notes open. I'm ready whenever you are. All right. Do you want to um, start or do you want me to start? These are the wrong notes, but I'll get the right notes.